All right, so today on the Mondeve Football Coach Podcast, we have Coach Jonathan Guest. He's the head football coach at Eagles Landing Christian Academy in McDonough, Georgia. Uh, coach Guest and I coached together in 2013 and 2014. Uh, I was the defensive coordinator for Coach Guest. It was an honor and a privilege to, to hold that position. And we talked on this podcast about how he's built their, that program at Eagles Landing Christian Academy. Uh, we talked about his off-season structure and theme. And what did he learn uh, from this year? And I know you will really enjoy listening to Coach Guest on the Mind of a Football Coach podcast. All right. So we have Coach Jonathan Guest back on the Mind of a Football Coach podcast. Coach, welcome back. Hey, man. Thank you. And uh, it's good to be back. Yeah. We uh, were talking a little bit before and, uh, I was seeing like your son. Oh my gosh, he was a baby when the last time I saw him in person. How how time flies, man! Goodness gracious. Yeah, I mean you too. I saw a picture of you. You have three now. <laughs> I do. I have three. Uh, I know, man. It's crazy. We're getting old. We are. My goodness, it's like where did the time go? 2013, 2014 was yesterday. Like where did that go? <laughs> I know. It's like a. It's like a blur. <laughs> it really Except is. Except I was reminded of our last game in 2013. You know, our season ended up the exact same way this year. So I'm sitting there like, man, this hasn't happened to me since 2013. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was one of the craziest games I think ever. That was wild how that one all – that one went. The good game, we didn't win, obviously. But, golly, that one sucked. That was a wild game. Yeah, it's a fun game. You know, it's like – you know, you wish you could win those, but in life you win them and you lose them and you know, that's what you re realize. But, but man, that probably that game and, and the game we just lost in the semifinals probably go down in our fans memory as, you know, the best games they've ever seen. So we're here to entertain. That's, that's true. That's right, man. You're, you're giving people the, you know, the, some good quality entertainment at Elka. That's for sure. Yeah, well, we do our best. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's what you think about your Sunday meeting. Let's give them good entertainment. Yeah, not really. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Make everybody happy. Oh, my gosh. Well, Coach, obviously some of the listeners aren't from Georgia, but would you just please introduce yourself and uh, talk about who you are where you're from? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, my name is Jonathan Guest. Um, I've been in Georgia. I've been in Elka. I think this was my 14th season. It's either the 13th or the 14th, but I think it was the 14th. So, uh, But I'm not a Georgia boy. I was born in uh, Blacksburg, Virginia, and so that's where my my roots are. So I am a Hokie, um, you know, because a lot of my family went there, and I grew up a Hokie. When I was seven, I, I moved down to South Carolina on the uh, South Carolina side of Charlotte, so right below Charlotte, but on the South Carolina side. Uh, played high school football in South Carolina. Um, from there, I went to the Citadel, which is a military school in Charleston in South Carolina, played football there. And then when I was done with Citadel, I went into the Air Force. And so in the Air Force, I got stationed in Georgia. So that's how I got to Georgia. So um, while I was in the Air Force, you know, that's where the Lord really called me. Um, and I surrendered my life to Christ. And in that, um, he called me to coach high school football. And so I started out at a school down there called First Presbyterian Day School, really awesome private school there in Macon, uh, working for Greg Moore. Um, and then when I was 27, um, this job came open, Eagles Landing Christian Academy. 
so I've been here since uh, 2007, and here we are in 2022, and I'm still here. Um, um, so we've had a lot of success here um, in single A football in in the state of uh, Georgia, um, and private school, private Christian school. Um, you know, so um, and then that's that's where I've been for I guess 14 years. Man, coach, that's awesome. You know, it's, it's interesting explaining to people here in West Virginia, you know, they ask where you're from and where you coached. And I'll say Eagles Lane Christian in, in Georgia. And they kind of give you a look here because not really many Christian schools play football here. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. hold on a second. Like, let me explain yeah. the uh, the rosters of uh, schools in Class A. And, and if you wouldn't mind doing that a little bit, because I know some people are like, Class A, private, what does that mean? You know, what? just go in a little detail what that means if you don't mind. Yeah, so, well, you know, when I first started here in Georgia in 2007, single-A football was, was basically you take your schools of 500 students and below, and that was single-A football. Well, um, I'm going to tell it the way that I view it. You know, a public school coach would tell it different. But in 2011, the last four teams in the playoffs in single-A football were all private schools. Um, so there was a revolt, uh, and the single-A uh, public, felt like there was a disadvantage um, with the privates. So there was a split. Um, and so from 2012 up until uh, 2021, um, there has been a single A public-private split. So what that means is if you have under 500 students, you're single A. But when you hit the playoffs, the public schools have their own playoffs and the private schools have their own playoffs um and so now georgia just put a multiplier in and mm -hmm. there is no private split we'll be double a now some privates have gone to triple a some have stayed single a mm -hmm. um so really that's that when you say single a private it's just a political spin on the fact that privates and publics were not allowed to compete for a state championship but it's a school that's under 500 students mm -hmm. and coach you've had some like NFL guys play for you that's that's one thing I was trying to explain to people like coach guess is that like people that are playing on Sundays <laughs> you know, like it's a different, yeah no yeah it's awesome well I mean you're, you're talking about I mean really it's the evolution of private school football over the past 15 years in the state of Georgia but um single a football I mean excuse me private school football is unbelievable in the state of Georgia um, and it's growing that way across the country. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we've had – I think we keep track of it. Since 2011, we've had 72 kids go to college and play football. Uh, I think 40, 41 of them were full scholarship athletes. Um, you know, Isaac Rochelle's playing for the Colts right now. We've had guys at Clemson, at Auburn. You know, you name it, um, they've played there. Um, so, yeah, we definitely played at a high level. And, you know, um, I think last year uh, we lost in, uh, to the number one, the team that won the state championship in single A last year, 2020, they had the number, number one or two quarterback in the nation in Brock Vandegrift, who's at the University of Georgia right now. So, um, man, extremely talented football players um, in private schools in the state of Georgia. I think the number one running back in the country is that a school named Blessed Trinity? Um, you know, we had to deal with him this year. So, anyways, the the the, the what what private schools are producing in the state of Georgia is phenomenal.
Mm-hmm. I mean, watching you know some of your 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 tape, it's it's incredible to see the you know the, the talent on the field there. And what I what, from knowing you for years, what has always impressed me with you and what you do is how you build your program. And regardless of talent, you know, like you you're just you're a great program builder. And I would love for you just to talk a little bit about that, how you've done that at Elka. Because when you got to Elka, it wasn't like there were winning state championships every year you know, or competing. Yeah. What's, what's like, what's been your process to, to do that? I think it's just, uh, I think, I think, I guess my whole process when I started coaching is, um, you know, I was a walk on at the Citadel. Nobody wanted me. And I was just always a kid that worked really, really hard. I loved football ever since I was born, I assume. Um, and I just loved everything about it, but you know, the work part of it was something that I always did. And I just worked really, really hard. And so when I took over the program here, I just brought that element to it. Like, I don't know how good we're going to be. I don't know what I'm doing, but we're going to get up and we're going to go to work every single day. And I think for me, the one thing that I could control is every player that plays for me, I can invest everything that I have and help that young man become the very best that he can become physically and spiritually. Like I can pour into those things. Now, athletically, God's got to have given them some talent, right? Like if I pour into them physically and spiritually and mentally, uh, which I think is like toughness, um, then whatever God made them to be, they'll become. And so that kind of was my mentality, right? I wasn't trying to be Um, the smartest guy, the smartest coach. I wasn't trying to do the most creative things. I was just kind of trying to control from a program standpoint, the things that I could control, you know, let's play simple defense, let's play simple offense and let's develop these players the best that we possibly can. And over time um, we were able to get some really good players at Elka. And so um, it's like when, you got the physical development, you got the spiritual development, you got the mental develop, and then, oh my goodness, God sends you athletes. That's when you really start to have success. You know, and that's, that's the same thing we see in college, right? I mean, you're watching Alabama and Georgia. Well, it's the teams with the most five stars that are yeah. going to win, right? Yeah. I always tell people this all the time. Every college football coach is a good coach. There's no, there's no one smarter than the other. Um, but it's going to come down to recruiting, um, and then the development of the athlete once you get them, um, and getting them to buy in. So that's kind of what we've done. And that's, that's just still kind of what I do. Um, every time I try to get like, well, I'm going to be a smart football coach. It it backfires on me, you know, like I'm going to do RPOs and then we throw four interceptions. So, um, I've just kind of come to the conclusion that I'm just not one of those smart football coaches. I got to stick with, let's just work hard. <laughs> so, so when you say like weight room, work hard, like talk about your program a little bit, like, what do you emphasize? What are you trying to accomplish those, those types of things? Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, it's, it's real simple. Um, I want to teach, I want two things or three things out of the weight room. I want number one, I want you to get stronger. And through your strength, I want you to become a more explosive person, right? I would say athlete, but you know what? There's just not many athletes in the world. So I want you just to be a more explosive person. Hmm. And then three, I want mental toughness. And so 
Um, so when we go into the weight room, it's, it's simple stuff. I mean, every Monday we're doing squats, whether it's football season or not football season, we're doing squats. Now we're going to start off with some old school, right? People probably don't do it anymore, but we still do dot drills. Um, and it's just, I thought it made me better. So I think it makes them better. So we do dot drills and then we'll go straight into like, uh, for the, for two weeks. Now we're in a five sets of five phase on squats. You got to go all the way down, touch the, touch a medicine ball, 12 inches down and uh, come back up. Um, and then right after that, we're doing box jumps. You know, we try to do uh, 50 to 60 uh, box jumps a day, just jumping. Um, and then, so that's just like the power element to it. And then we get into what I call rounds, which, which you could, I probably did steal from CrossFit. I'm not a CrossFit guy, like let's just do CrossFit, but I do like the mental toughness aspect of CrossFit. So We'll put it together on Mondays. It's going to be four rounds of five hang cleans, 10 pull-ups, five strict glutes. Now, we're not trying to beat anybody. You know, they got two and a half minutes per round. So I'm not, we're not in a race like, like in CrossFit. They're trying to finish faster than somebody. But I do want that two and a half minute window because that's, that strains you a little bit mentally. Man, that's a lot of work. Um, and my body's tired and I got to stay on that, that time frame. So, and that's kind of how we structure every day. I mean, Tuesday would be an upper body day. Wednesday is just strictly power cleans. Thursday's back to lower body day. And then Friday's an upper body day again. And, and so that's the three things I'm trying to teach. Now, I think the key is consistency. This has to be done every day and they can't skip. So as a high school football coach, if you're in the weight room, I mean, what you're doing is running around, uh, making sure everybody's lifting weights. Uh, if, if they didn't lift a day, why? Um, so, so, you know, when I get back after Christmas, the first two weeks, I'm making sure that everybody's in the weight room. If somebody skips, why are you skipping? And you're just trying to build that buy-in and you are trying to sell consistency to your parents because that's, that's what creates success. It's like dieting, right? If I want to lose 50 pounds, I can't diet for 50 days and then go, go binge. <laughs> I'll never do it. Yeah. Same concept in the weight room for me anyways. Okay. That's awesome. Did you, so talk about like, do you all still do like some early morning stuff? Is that something you've kind of gone away from? What are, do you do that anymore? Cause I know you had, I just, I was just wondering if you still do. Yeah, we do. So I have six thirty workouts every day. Um, you know, so if it's a school day, let's lift at six thirty. Um, that way, if you don't have a weights class with me, you can get in there. That's also a time I have from 630 to, to 730. So I can really spend more time mm. developing you physically, mentally and spiritually. Mm. Um, and, you know, and we can go over goals and stuff like that. I just have an hour more time. So in class, I have 30 minutes. So really, I'm just going to develop you physically and mentally. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have that that extra time to pour into you spiritually sit down let's talk for five minutes all that kind of stuff um you know so um anyways that's um i don't i guess i forgot the, what your question was no just i didn't know if you were still doing stuff early in the morning so you know when i was there for yes hour. yes uh are you doing any of the, we like, are you still do like any of the crucible stuff i remember reading about that you talked you talked a little bit about that like on wednesdays you were doing some stuff um, yeah, you know, it's 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 funny how things change. So, man, we back when you were here, I think we had 72 kids that played football and or maybe at one point 80. Yeah. And we only had 300, 400 students in our high school. So, 
what we had is a lot of kids playing football that weren't bought in. So we started the crucible mm. and the, and the whole point of the crucible was to weed people out, mm. you know, like to, all right, you're not bought in. So let's get this, let's get this 80 guy down to 65 bought in guys. Right. right? Well, our school has decreased in numbers. Mm. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking like, so, so for now, I'm, but, but that's not a bad thing. I have 60 guys on my roster right now. Mm-hmm. All 60 of those guys pretty much are bought in. Like right. they're they're bought in and they want to work. So they're so they're showing up at the 630 workouts. They're showing up in class. You know, if I ask them to be somewhere, they're there. So the crucible was to just get that buy-in. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I kind of have that buy-in right now. Mm-hmm. So I and, and I'm really encouraging kids to play other sports. Like I need you to play basketball. I need you to wrestle. I need you to run track. I need you to do this. And they're all listening and they're all doing those things. So I'm kind of sitting here like, is the crucible still necessary? Um, but you know, anyways, I, so I'm kind of working through that. I might do it again um, after our winter break, which is March, March and April. But also might not do it, you know, and I might try to focus more on the spiritual component of things. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I was reading a quote yesterday. It said, uh, like, consistency is not the key. Just trying to make the right decision is what's good. And like you, like watching you like work through like, hey, is what do I do? Because it's different than it was years ago. You know, I think you, you do a really got, good job of that, of like taking what you have and trying to mold your, your program. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one thing as a coach, it's very, it's really hard to do, right? But I think we, I know you have because you're a reader, but you know, the book, Who Moved My Cheese, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just talks about um, being open to change Mm -hmm. um, and and just kind of going with where, you know, where my athletes are, where their parents are, what do I need to do? Mm -hmm. I guess it's like, what do I need to do to get buy-in. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're not, I'm, I'm, man, I'm, I'm not a division one football coach where I have scholarships holding over their heads and I have power over them. Um, you know, it's really just a constant motivating and trying to create intrinsic desire inside of them to want to be great. Now, now how do I go about doing that? So, if five of my best players are playing basketball and they have a basketball game on Tuesday night till 1130 and another four dudes are wrestling and they got a wrestling meet on, and I used to do crucibles at six, 6 a.m. Um, I don't want to conflict them, you know, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. So I'm, I'm just working through it. I, I don't know the answer. I'm, I'm just, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. You know, I remember from my time, being with you and learning from you, you, you always talk about the relationship with parents. And I think you do a great job with that. Talk about like, how do you go about that? Cause some people see parents as toxic. Some people see them as holding too much power. Like where do you find the, the balance in that? Well, I, I think at the end of the day, uh, our, so, I mean, I, from, from a public school, private school mindset, Mm-hmm. um our, our I look at my parents as customers mm-hmm. you know they're 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 my customer and I serve them um and so I want to give them the best product possible and I want to give them the best customer service possible 
so that they're getting a return on their investment where it gets frustrating with parents. So, so that being said, I'm very relational with my parents and I'm very open um, and it's bigger than football, right? Like we're, we're, I'm assisting you. I want to help you in making your son everything that God made him to be. Okay. Now, we might end up having two different perspectives of that, right? Like a lot, some parents are very, are very focused on performance and getting a scholarship. And they really don't have a, they don't have the, and I think as coaches, we have to understand this. We do this every single year, right? So, man, we have, we see who can get recruited and who can't. We see why they can get recruited and why they can't. Now, parents got one shot at it. They don't see the whole picture like we see it. So we instantly know, man, he's a Division three player, if, if at all. But just, be, just uh, be happy with being a high school football player. But that's not how those parents view it. They, they see their son as a scholarship football player. So that's where you have to be relational and you have to communicate. Um, and you want to be respectful as possible in those areas of disagreement. Um, I'm not saying that I've always had good outcomes with my parents, uh, but I have always tried to be honest mm -hmm. and this is where I see your son. This is what I see him, um, becoming, this is what he's capable of. Um, you know, he's not a Georgia player. He's not a major, uh, power five football player. He's not even a division one player. I'm, you know, so it's, it, and they might get mad at you for it, but at least you're honest and they can't say that you led them down the wrong path. Um, and I think too, as coaches, we got to really realize and we got to understand that's our customer. We need to be able to relate with our parents. Some of them, you, some of them are going to blow your mind, <laughs> yeah. but at the end of the, you know, but at the end of the day, it's just uh, try to keep the relationship cordial and, and just remember, it's about the kid, right? It's about the kid. I know when I talk to parents and we just disagree on, on the level of performance of the child, I'm like, you know what? I love your son, mm -hmm. right? But we don't see eye to eye. And, um, you know, but, but I do love your son. And I think he's got tremendous value and potential in life. Mm -hmm. So I always try to bring it back to something other than the football. So anyways, but that'll be a battle we always fight. <laughs> yeah no doubt it's you know at, like from a public standpoint like it's a little different I guess view for you know most people it's just interesting hearing like your viewpoint of being you're being, being a private being a private school head coach and it's interesting hearing that viewpoint well yeah just to encourage all the coaches out there you know I made a video a few years ago because you're dealing with all really you get into it when you're dealing with recruiting or why is it my first of all it's why is it my son playing on Friday nights and then when he is playing, you know, why didn't he make all region or all state? And then, and then why isn't he getting recruited? So, you know, you can never get enough, right? Now, we all have that problem, too, as coaches. Like, we can't ever get enough. We have a great job. We want a different job. You know, we have this many wins. We want more wins. So we're a lot like parents, too, in our own little way. But um, so I think the, the key is, is um, having that relationship with parents that, you can be open and honest with them, but I, to encourage all the coaches out there, I had a, so I made a video of doing all the recruiting stuff, hoping that parents would understand, but, mm -hmm. but I deleted it. I had it up for about two years. I deleted it. I don't know why I deleted it, but I did. 
And, um, and I have no idea where it is. Well, I had a coach call me on Friday. Now he's won two straight state championships, had some of the best players in the state. Like one of his kids is going to Georgia. He says, where's that recruiting video? I said, Oh man, I don't, I don't have it anymore. I said, why are you having problems? He said, yes. (laughs) And I said, I said, well, me and you need to make one. Um, but you know, so it's, it's a problem. It doesn't matter how good your high school football team is or how many division one players you have, you will always deal with that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Coach, talk about your season this year, kind of how it progressed and what you learned from it. And this is kind of what we'll land the flame with here on the podcast. Cause when I was watching your season progress, I kept thinking this is like 2014. Like you start playing, you start by the season by playing just a brutal schedule and yeah. you guys made it to the semifinals and man, had a really good year. Just kind of talk about what you learned as you went on, if you don't mind. Yeah, you know, well, it was, it was an interesting year. You know, I thought that we had um, a really good football team, but we were a lot of juniors. But, you know, I thought we were a really good football team. And as we started off the year, I'm like, man, we can win the state championship with this team. Mm-hmm. And um, so um, now I knew where our holes were and I knew where our weaknesses were. but you know, I thought this team has the potential to. Um, <clears throat> so we start off the year, you know, we kicked it off really good. We went and scrimmaged uh, one of the top programs, highest classification schools in Lowndes, uh, 7A Lowndes. And I'm sure they their kids probably were laughing at practice, thinking that, that we were coming down there to scrimmage them. But we went down there and, um, you know, like scoreboard-wise, we beat them. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say we beat Lowndes and did this and that, but we went down there and competed with – with the best program, one of the best programs in the state. So, man, in your brain, you're like, oh, I know we can win state, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. So um, then we went over, get back. And that's kind of where our, our season just really went on a roller coaster ride. And, um, and, and I believe this, man, the Lord is, is always working um, in everybody's lives. And, man, for me, the Lord speaks to me through football. Shows me how stupid I am sometimes. He shows me where I'm wrong. I could be having things in my personal life, and God will use football to expose mm. those things. So, anyways, we go play Woodward. Uh, Woodward's a really good 5A private school. <clears throat> um, and, uh, you know, big rivalry kind of with us. And uh, we got beat 24 or 21 or something like that. And we should have won, but we lost. Um, come back the next week, we had to go play Ware County, and uh, man, they were one of the state's best. Just a tremendous quarterback, tailback. Dude, they whipped us. And it was really kind of shocking because yeah. our defense had played really good versus Woodward, and they had played really good versus Lowndes. I mean, Lowndes' quarterback's going to Miami. We shut him down. We shut their tailback down. And then we go to Ware, and you would think our defense wasn't even on the field. Like, I'm watching and I'm like, this is this is like a team going against air. <laughs> oh geez. And uh yeah, I mean it was so it was kind of embarrassing, you know. I mean, we competed. I mean, to to be honest, like we are about it was 42-28, six minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and we were on the 30-yard line going into score. We didn't, but mm. I mean, but we it was just kind of embarrassing like we couldn't stop them and you know like man i i like to think that we play really good defense at mm-hmm. elka and, but we didn't and i was embarrassed and um so then the next week we go and 
we play another great program in the state of Georgia, Chris County. Mm-hmm. Defense played better. Um, offense, man, we made so many mistakes, but we won. We won. But I still wasn't satisfied. So um, <clears throat> I think I kind of screwed us up from that point offensively. Because against one of the best teams in the state, uh, or you know, year in year out, Chris County, you know, we we rushed for 250 yards, mm. <clears throat> and then I come back and I try to, you know, change this, change that, just just stupid stuff. I overthought it, um, but it worked. It worked. So we played Blessed Trinity the next week, and we had 450 yards of offense, but we end up getting beat 24-21. We gave that game away too. And uh, but the things that I had done offensively, it worked versus Blessed Trinity because they had you know that you do it and they hadn't seen it, so it works. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we so <clears throat> we just came and then you know our good friend Kenny Dallas. So going into the next game, so we're sitting there at one and three. Mm-hmm. So we got Kenny Dallas Trinity. We've never lost to Trinity. I, you know I think we're going to kill them because we played all these hard teams, even though they're undefeated, mm-hmm. our kids think they're going to kill them. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, you know, you try to be humble, right? You know you can get beat, but you're just hold. I don't know. You know, it's like you're caught in sin and you don't know it. Mm-hmm. And um, Kenny came out and Trinity beat the ever-living crap out of us. It was 34 to 3. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. So now you go from so, – so it's crazy, right? You go from mm-hmm. beating lounge. Mm-hmm. to losing to Trinity, getting destroyed. <clears throat> and so you're done. You're just sitting there you're like, what is going on? Yeah. You know, you want to go jump off a bridge or something. You know, let's just put <laughs> myself out of my misery. Yeah. And But you just got to keep going. So, all right, so we had Brentwood from Tennessee coming, right? Oh, Brentwood, gosh. they're coming down to play us. <clears throat> Great program. You know what? We lose again. Uh, we lose 17 14. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, and so what's going on is we're just, I mean, these games, like we're fumbling as we're about to score. We're committing this penalty, that penalty. And, um, you know, and that's just, I took the kids at halftime. I said, guys, here's the deal, man. Mm-hmm. I said, we're in suck land, you know, and I wrote something about it. And, um, <laughs> like, we're in Suckland, and you know, and here's the deal. You know why I know we're in Suckland? Because I've been here in my personal life, mm. and you think it's getting better, and it's not. Mm. You know not to make this mistake, but you make it. You know not to fumble, but you fumble. You know not to jump off sides, but you jump off sides. So we're just in Suckland. We're just stuck here. It's funny, Zach, because we're sitting there at halftime, and it, the score's – we were about to go we were about to go up 14-7 but we fumbled and it ended up being 14-7 then a half hmm. and so i sat down and we start talking about joe and the boss everybody just sit down hmm. and i said we're in suck land i said i've been here in my life i said and so we start talking about joe <clears throat> and i said you just got to keep you just got to keep going hmm. so we went out we fought but we got beat and then the next week um, now I think there's a humbling going on, right? Like there's a humbling, like we were like to a man, like we were all humble and broken. And, um, so the next week we go and, and we play a team called Pacelli. They were in our region, in our classification, they were number eight or seven. They were undefeated, but we went down there and we beat them good 41 zero. Mm-hmm. And, um, so then we come back 
and we got to go play St. Xavier in Ohio. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> you know, and it was just – I did it again, to be honest. Now, I don't think we could have ever beat them, but I did it again offensively, you know. Like, instead of just doing what you do, mm-hmm. you start changing it because you think they're too good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, it's, you, it's silly because I've, I've been a head coach 14 years, and I know not to make that mistake, but I make that mistake. You, it's just, you know – <clears throat> all right so we get back we get beat we get back and you know I go to coach Rogers we had moved to a four-man front and mm-hmm. I said here's the deal man I said we're going to a three-five cover three that's what we do I'm running my offense I'm doing what we do mm-hmm. and um and let's just do it and let's be tough let's be physical everything that we want to teach man to fight and to be tough all this type of stuff that we had kind of gotten away from you know mm-hmm. um and I say away from, which is we hadn't talked about it. Like, um, you know, I'm sitting there at the beginning of practice working RPOs. You know, you know what I want to be doing at the beginning of practice? Like running, running your face over. That's what I want to be doing. Yeah. And, um, and I'm like, this isn't who I am. This isn't like, this is making me soft. <laughs> and, um, I, you know, I said, so let's just, let's just get great at this stuff. So anyways, man, we, <clears throat> that's what we settled in on. And we just went on a run. Um, obviously we played, got into our classification and we just started rolling. And, mm-hmm. and so, uh, I think we won five in a row and we got Trinity again. Right. So they killed us beginning of the year, 34 to three, and we were a mess and, um, and here they're coming again and we, and we've got our mojo back, man. Like, dude, like we're physical, we're violent. We're coming after you. Um, we're coming to get you all that kind of stuff. And, and we did, man, we brought it to them and, and, uh, not to take anything away from Kenny and his sons are amazing, but man, we, we took it to him that game. Mm-hmm. Um, we gave it to him. Right. And uh, you know, our big three things that we talk about, no turnovers, no big plays for touchdowns and, and no stupid penalties. We muffed a punt inside. So we ended up losing in double overtime, 48, 45. Mm-hmm. We dropped a touchdown to make it 14 to zero. It's seven to zero. Um we muff, I mean, excuse me, it's 14-7 us. We muff a punt inside mm. the 10, 14-14. Mm. We're going in to score right before half. We throw a pick um, instead of a touchdown. Quarterback's supposed to put the ball on the uh, pylon. He put it on the numbers. That's mm. eight yards different. Safety picks it off. <clears throat> um, you know, come out after halftime. Um, we score with a minute 30 seconds to make it 35-28 us. Mm. So we say no stupid penalties, right? So we score to make it 35-28. The kid that scores, he spikes the ball. Mm. That's a 15-yard penalty, and you take the penalty on the kickoff. Right. So on the kickoff, instead of kicking from the 40, we're kicking from the 25. Mm. Uh, but we kick it on him, and we pin him on the 35. Mm-hmm. Well, the same kid who spiked the ball, who's our, who's our strong safety, he spiked the ball. He also got a personal foul on the kickoff. Oh, man. So they got the ball on the 50. Our starting safety was already cramping up, so he was out of the game. So that put our strong safety out of the game. Mm. So they score. They score to make it 35-35. And, um, you know, because we busted a coverage. You know, now we got our twos playing at two Mm. critical positions, safety and strong safety. And, um, you know, so anyways, they scored, and they beat us in overtime. Um, 
But honestly, I could not have been more proud of, of my guys, you know, because um, you got embarrassed the first time. You could have you could have tucked your tail and <clears throat> egos could have gone all different directions. But we humbled ourselves. And um, and to be honest with you, we outplayed them. We out physical to them. We got after them. Um, but what's really cool is Coach Dallas's two sons, uh, David Dallas and Josh Dallas, um, David had an epic night versus us. <clears throat> um, he didn't have any turnovers. I think he was 27 for 34, oh, uh, 300 yards throwing. Um, you know, and obviously Josh plays safety and wide receiver. He did a phenomenal job. Um, and they had some other players really step up. So um, in a game where I think our team probably outplayed them, we got outplayed by um, their quarterback. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he's a tremendous kid, too, just a really good kid. And I couldn't have been more happy for Coach Dallas mm-hmm. um, and what he accomplished and what his children accomplished and what they did over there at Trinity. Um, hate that we lost. Yeah. Um, but it just – it was good, you know, and um, – so it, it was a good ending to a great season, a challenging season, uh, very much like that 2014 season. But, um, you know, that's what it's all about. And uh, I, I really feel like and my guys, you know, like we know, like we know, um, hey, Kenny, they're, they're the state champions. Mm-hmm. But we know we outplayed them that night. You know, mm-hmm. and it's really just about what you guys feel and what you think you accomplished. And that's going to carry you on. Mm-hmm uh into the future <clears throat> and um so anyways great season um and now here we are in 2022 we got tons of kids coming back we're moving to double a so um we're excited about that that's awesome coach coach thank you for the time you are just awesome i always enjoy talking and texting with you i don't ever call you on the phone because i remember you always said like basically you don't answer phone calls you just answer text messages <laughs> so i'm always like i just i text coach yes <laughs> No, you're right. That's that is true. But I, you can call me anytime. Um, but I, you know, when you're, I hope my parents don't listen to this. But when you're dealing with parents and stuff like that, like, and people are calling you, it's best to just keep your phone away from you. And then if they really need you, they'll text you. Um, you know, the last thing you want to do is answer the phone and get yourself in a situation where you're not prepared. Right. to have the conversation that you're having you know i think the rule of thumb is sleep on anger or something like that yeah um or frustration i know you're not to go to sleep in anger but right. uh, yeah. yeah but anyways man you can call me anytime Coach, <laughs> i appreciate you man thank you for talking to us and uh man you're just first class all the way yeah man appreciate you thanks zach